We now continue my conversation with Lee Grigsby, Why I Kept My Towel, Father's Day edition. Lee, let's go ahead and step in the time machine again. Fast forward from Lee's childhood. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting to the space where Lee meets a beautiful woman. And (laughs) some way, somehow, Lee gets word. I'm pregnant. (laughs) Lee, what went through your head when you heard this? Because, again, you did this before. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. this is different. This sure. is coming from you now. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what was that like? Take us back to that day and your mindset Absolutely. then. So I'm going to set the context a little bit, right? Because when we were dating, again, she, she knew my niece and she knew my relationship with my niece, right? So we're dating and we're at dinner one time and we're talking about kids. And she's like, man, you know, well, what do you think? Do you, you think you'd ever want to have kids? And my answer at that time was, you know, I could or couldn't. It makes me no difference. I, I've raised my niece. I know what raising kids is like. I'm not sure I want to raise kids now than what it was like 11 years ago. Now, mind you, we're talking like 12 years ago now. <laughs> so all the craziness of today ain't even what it was. It, like it's, you know, child's play back then. So that was a conversation we'd had at dinner. Unfortunately, I did not understand the depth of what my words meant then. Because again, as as humans and men and women, we listen differently. So when she was asking me that question, what she heard from my answer was, oh, she don't want to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's when you don't answer yes or no when it comes to that, they're like, oh, so that means you said no. Like, oh man, woman, no. And yeah, I, 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 that's not what I said, but that's that's not what was heard. So, so I remember when you know she thought she was she went to the doctor all this and got tested and called me. It's like, hey, you know, are you you sitting down? You're at home? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm cool. What's up? Um, and also setting the stage, one of her friends had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Clearly, I've experienced death in my life. So when I get the kind of phone call that are you sitting down <laughs> what are you doing i'm like the worst like somebody's dead so i'm expecting bad news so we're talking and she's like all right so i'm about to hyperventilate or you know i'm like hey, relax relax so she's like all right all right well I- I'm-, I'm coming home so she comes comes home i'm like dude i'm like sit on sit down. whatever you gotta tell me like we're gonna work through it we'll get through it whatever she's like okay she's like i'm pregnant and i was like where that's it for real there, are you sure there's there's nothing else <laughs> she's like yeah i was like cool great <laughs> then she's like well you know now we can't get uh, yes we had her out of wedlock she's like yeah now we can't get married i don't want to have my wedding dress home and i was like pump the brakes our getting married does not hinge on having to get or not like we're already going to do that that's already done we're getting married so cool you don't want to be pregnant and have a wedding dress then you won't be like let's get through this you know she you got it she, she's born we'll work through, and we'll get made after she's born like no big deal dude like i was actually happy it's <laughs> uh... like because like that's a good thing that was good news right i'm so used and conditioned to bad news that she is so that's why i know that you know when i trace that back from that conversation, that's what she thought. Now, I will be honest about this, right? I'll be straight up honest. 
we talked about abortion. We talked about that. That's legit because we were both mid-career. At that point, she wasn't sure if she really wanted to have kids. Okay. Deep down, personally, did I want that to be the choice? Absolutely not. But I also weighed that against, you know what? This is not just about me. This is about her. What really does she want? And so a lot of that was, you know, fear of what does life look like now that we're going to have another life that we're responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to another mentor of mine who happened to be a pastor, a uh, much older guy, but one of the wisest men I've ever known. And he was like, Lee, just be there for her. Mm. That's it. Mm. Go ahead through the weekend. Be there. Listen to everything she has to say validate how she feels because it's real he said and then if there's opportunity talk to her about what that means if abortion is the choice like emotionally spiritually what is that going to do right there's going to be a piece of you that gets removed thankfully we didn't have to go there with that choice just kind of went through the weekend we came back on Monday. My wife was like, "Yeah, no, we're. I'm. I'm let's go ahead. Let's." I'm like, <laughs> didn't have to go deeper into it, but tried to be as open, and supportive as I could, yeah. you know, with validating whatever she was feeling all through that. Yeah. So you decide not to go through with the process, and that is a mm-hmm. tough one there. Either way, whether you go through it or not, that's still totally. that's still something totally. that can imprint on you. Get the call, yo, Lee. So here it is. <laughs> Let's get to the hospital. I'm about to pop. So yep. now she gives yep. birth. You see this yep. beautiful being, ten toes, Absolutely. ten fingers, and they place this little new form being in your hands, Lee. Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind at that moment? Am. <laughs> wow, there went the family matters moment. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> oh, like, but yeah, it was like, damn. Really, for a moment, then I was like, wow, this is real. There's no return policy. There's no putting this back. This is this is it. This is it. Yeah. So I will say quickly, man, like we went through some uh, uh prenatal classes, that kind of thing. And Unfortunately, there were a few complications during birth, not for my daughter, not nothing major for my wife, but the not to be too descriptive, but the placenta did not completely tear. Okay. So they're working on my wife while I'm holding this life, (laughs) literally. So here's it one, and I've, I've told everyone this, all my guy friends, the one thing they taught in that class, like all these things sort of flashing back because they're ready to kind of eat and start feeding, right? As soon as they're born. So I put the, the pinky, uh, uh, your pinky finger fits on the roof of their mouth and the, the sucking motion, just like a pacifier, helps calm the baby down. So they wear and everything, did you all this, give her back to me, still working on my way. I'm walking around holding this little child, pinky in the mouth, and she's calm, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. 
40, 45 minutes. I'm like, y'all, what are we going to do? Because, like, we can't be like this forever. So eventually they give her bottle fed and all this. But, yeah, man, that was real. <laughs> I, I will say this. I, it was completely freaky cutting the umbilical cord. Why so? You can feel it. It was with surgical scissors, but you feel the cartilage and the you're you're cutting off a lifeline of nine, ten months. You feel you feel the texture and the composition of it when you're cutting. So you didn't freak out? Uh, oh, inside. <laughs> inside. Oh my god, I'm hurting him. I'm hurting him, man. <laughs> Never let him see you sweat. Never right. let him see you sweat. Right. I'm, I'm doing flips like, oh my God. I, like, I can't. I'm what? Well, and, and I want to share this too because we weren't ready for this. Understanding how involved I was going to be in the birth. We'd want, like I said, we went through these prenatal classes and we get there going, my wife, 16 half hours of labor, all this. Finally ready to be born. And the nurse is like, okay, dad, I'm gonna stand over here and I'm gonna, and dad, you stand over there and grab that leg. I was like, whoa, wait, what? Like, we didn't talk about this. Like, I'm going outside in the waiting room. <laughs> like, y'all do your thing and I'll be back in. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, so put her foot up there. And I was like, what? So that was different. It is an out of body, spiritual, yet physical, crazy sensation all at the same time. Mm. It, it is hard to even put into words or process, but I would not have changed it for the world. So Lee, here it is, this little baby is in <laughs> your, now in your care, and sure. you're seeing this child home. Mm -hmm. You're basically getting up at times in the middle of the night to see how hey, you're breathing and everything. Now, Lee, you, wife is sleeping, you pop up, you go to the crib, see this little baby in there is this one of that moment where you say wait i'm a dad what forms in your mind when you look sure. in that crib and you seeing that little baby breathing well it was it was even before that man it was while they were still at the hospital mm. um literally I, I would say the second night and this would they they almost probably had to kick me out because you weren't really supposed to take the baby out of the bassinet that they provide like nah man that's my daughter like so i had her right right in my arm and i'm in the chair that's in the room they had already said you weren't supposed to do that and i'm like whatever like do y'all think i'm gonna drop my daughter right. <laughs> do y'all believe that for any i know it's for legal purposes i get it i get it so it was like at that moment right that moment when i was you know lightly sleep I'm in this uncomfortable chair, but I guarantee you, brother, like there was nothing that was going to fall out of my arm. There was nothing that was going to, my arm could have been cut off and it would have been stuck with her in it. Like no doubt. I had her literally right there. They teach you carry newborns like a football, right? You know, you get the hand off and do, there was no fumbling. There was no amount of tackling that was going to do anything. It was like, baby girl, I got you. Cause dude, I used to do the overnights. Like, like literally it worked out well. Cause I was a night owl. I mean, and I even have pictures to prove it, man. She would be right. Nestled all up under my neck. I'm watching 
inappropriate movies like Full Metal Jacket and Godzilla. Welcome to <laughs> the world, about, baby. <laughs> talk about modeling. Yeah, Lee, you didn't do it right. No, that was our bonding. That was it. She was always there and I carried her every chance I could. Little baby starts to grow. Walking, talking, growing through life. And you're watching this. Now, little baby on its way to becoming a teenager. Lee, take us through that journey, watching a newborn toddler, then now coming into a teenager. What's, yeah. what was those stages like for you? Uh, fast. Mm. <laughs> mm. Fast. They, they tell you this, right? That kids are only at this age for a certain time. Uh -huh. And it's so true. It goes like you think when they're babies, gosh, when am I going to get some sleep? Right. <laughs> then you think, okay, when they're crawling, oh, can't wait till they walk. Then when they walk, you're like, damn, I wish they weren't walking because they go everywhere <laughs> and they go fast. Um, it has been nothing short of amazing just to see her develop into the young lady that she is now. Did I ever have times where I didn't do it right? Absolutely. You know, you heard me talking about modeling. Were there ever times when I was telling her stuff like that I shouldn't be or like you do this, do that? Were there times I was hard on her? Hell yeah. I, I want to make this difference about fathers and mothers in this growth process. A lot of times what I think moms are, they want to cherish that moment in the stage they're in, babies, toddlers, because I've seen it with my wife, with my niece, with her own kids. I'll tell you what I was always thinking. I always wanted to prepare her for the next stage. So when she got to three months, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to help her develop for the three to six month stage? What can I do to help her develop for the six to nine month stage? Then when she's walking, right? Cool, how can I help her? What shoes do I need to get? How? What can I do to help her when she's able to like run and not fall over. So I think my journey of fatherhood with her has always been, okay, I wanna enjoy the moment, but I'm looking forward to, how do I, how do I help her get to that next stage? And you can't always do it. When that next stage is meant to happen, it happens. You can't rush it, but cherish the stage they're in because there's no going back it doesn't reverse so yeah man it, it's it's been a wild ride for sure but i would say loving seeing the character and that she had as a toddler as a baby seeing it develop as a little girl and seeing it develop now into this teenager it's it's been amazing like you know you help guide it you don't want to distinguish the light that's in the children you want to nurture it but there are times you want to choke out them too <laughs> because you might want five minutes of peace that's natural that's normal but it's not their fault i will tell you one of the most gratifying things about being a father is the love that you see back. If you are giving unconditional love, man, listen, what comes back, 
I can't even put into words, brother. I can't even put into words. It's it's simply speechless. Wow. It is amazing. I, I will I will share this with you too, as her stage now. But again, talked about modeling and age appropriate things. There were things that I couldn't say to her or show her five, six years old, seven, eight years old. But now that she can, and seeing the development, right? How they recognize things. She was in school one day and they started learning. They're in, in this history module that they're learning. And she started talking about the Emancipation Proclamation. And man, this is one of the best moments I've ever had so far as dad. <laughs> like the next day, we're talking about it before she's getting ready for school. And she's like, you know what, dad? Lincoln didn't really want to free the slaves. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, what made you think that? She's like, man, you know, it, it, it ain't right. They weren't really free because all he did was make that so they could join the war. <laughs> I was like, so from what you learned, is that the conclusion you came up with? She was like, yeah. Like me and some other kid, like two kids in her class came up with that conclusion on their own. Not because the teacher told them, not because I said something, not because her mom said something. And I was like, man, that's like a parenting win, helping to develop the critical thinking on your own. So like on that ride to school, I started to give her more information, like look up this 10% plan. And people can have their opinions and that's fine. Like it doesn't make yours wrong, doesn't make theirs wrong either. Everybody can have their opinions. But let me give you more evidence to help support your opinion. I said, if it was about ending slavery, apparently everything I've learned is that Lincoln did not believe in slavery. That's fine. He did not like it, but that was never his goal. His goal was to save the union. I said, so look up the 10% plan. So she Googled it, read that first paragraph. What's it saying? It basically was about only 10% of the voters of each of the Southern secession states had to pledge their you know loyalty to the union. And she's looking at me like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, only 10% of the voters. That's it. So that's pretty easy for all those folks who believed in slavery to come back into the union. Like, I'm not even going to talk about, well, they didn't know for two, three years. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about how they had to actually get to a union encampment to be free. We're not going to talk about that. I just want you to look at this 10% plan. Tell me, does that help support what you say? If it was about slavery, then why would there be a, that kind of thing? Start started having a conversation with my teenager about reconstruction. Even before high school. Yeah, exactly, man. Why do you keep your towel in fatherhood? Why do I keep my towel in fatherhood? Because we are critical to raising the next generation. What we do, what we say, how we act, definitely informs and forms the opinions and actions of all of the children watching us. If we want them to take the mantle and keep fighting for equity, keep fighting for what's right, not what someone tells you. If we want them to think critically, not think like I do, support your own opinion, be your own person, if we want our children to do that, it is imperative on men to act like that 
and stop leaving it up to the, only the mothers. That's why I keep my towel in fatherhood. Well, folks, there you have it. You just heard this father just go ahead and give you his reasoning of why he keep his towel in fatherhood. And you know what? He was dropping some serious gems there. Lee, if there's any type of information that you want to hand out to some people out there go ahead my man mm -hmm. the floor is yours all right well i appreciate all of the listeners and if there's anything that you want to work with me on i am the founder and head coach of live all good coaching you can reach me live all good the number 44 at gmail.com you can find me at liveallgood.com you can also reach me on social media live all good coaching I really want to help men learn how to heal so that we can appropriately use our masculinity and masculine energy to make this next generation what they need to be and support them. Reach out to me anytime. Yo, folks, I'm going to make sure I put all that in the description box for you, all his social media and everything that you need to reach out to Lee. I promise you, you want to go ahead and reach out to him. It is official. Lee, you have survived Boogie's gym and... <laughs> This sparring session is over. So thank you so much for dropping and coming through. Fathers, please, please, please understand this journey of fatherhood is not always easy. You heard Lee said himself, he didn't get it all right. And you're not always going to get it right. But it's about that you still keep your towel in fatherhood. So like I always tell you, wipe the blood, wipe the sweat, wipe the tears. But whatever you do, don't throw in your towel. This is your man, Aunt Boogie. I will check you when I check you. I will see you when I see you. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers, newbies, and OGs. We are out of here. Peace.